This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. And I'm the coach. All right. Hey, coach. You're back, and how how did you enjoy hearing Baby Coach's uh, uh, first podcast debut last week? Well, he's a man of few words. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a lot like I used to be. You know, I didn't want to talk, or maybe I was too scared. Uh, I don't know what it is, but my baby boy, I was kind of proud of him for getting on there, though. You know, it's a that's a lot for him just to. Well, literally, he didn't talk. Uh, he's just not much of a talker, pal. You know that. He's, uh, he's quiet. I think he's quieter than I, quieter than I ever was, you know. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, he's he's in that place I used to be a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Not that it's a bad thing. He's just, he don't have a whole lot to say, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm well, proud of you, man. I enjoyed it. I did a good job. It's, it's better. You know, I, I always try to tell my kids. I always tell them it's better for people to look at you and think that you're an idiot than you to open your mouth and prove it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why I never said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, so you know, the Bible talks about the Bible talks about how how foolish people just spew their words. So I don't I don't see you know Riley Boy as being. His his quietness as being a bad thing, and as you got on into the podcast, I mean, you heard he opened up and started talking about wrestling in the remnant retreat and everything. So it it just takes a little bit to get him stirred up. Yeah, he gets it does. Uh, even when he's here with his, me and his mom, you know, it takes him. He gets going. He'll, he'll start preaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Just I try to tell him, hey man, just. Man, you know who you are, so don't don't be ashamed and don't be intimidated. I guess by uh, just being quiet. You know, he's always been quiet, so uh, that's something he'll. As we learn, as I learned too, you know, as I got older. But the Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit, really just dealt with me with that. Just man, there's that's something inside you. You just can't be quiet. You just you know. Uh, Man, just for the love, the love that I have for people now, and you know, I discuss it all the time. So, man, he he get there. I pray for him all the time. Just hey, be yourself. Yeah. That's what we tell. What's That's what we tell him, right? Just be yourself. Be real with the Father. The Father knows the real you anyway. So, just exactly be who you are. Who he's calling. That's right. Uh, before we get too deep in our conversation, I want to throw this out there before I forget. Uh, I will be returning to the Cleveland National Guard Armory oh, on yeah. Saturday, May 6th. It's 4185 Dalton Pike, Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, this is Cole Gordy Promotions presents Chasing the Dream. Doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time is at 7. All tickets are $12. Kids uh, five and under are free. Um, you can go to cpwrestling.com for more information, but I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be the first time that I have been uh, at the Cleveland National Guard Armory in quite a while. That's my old stomping grounds. It's where I grew up watching wrestling uh, and where I've had you know several great matches myself. This one, uh, myself, I'll be there. Buff Bagwell, David Young. Tank and the Rev, uh, Jaden Newman, Cousin Cletus, Cyrus the Destroyer, and uh, and so many more. So this one's going to be a good one. So uh, everybody make plans. If you're in the area, be there on May 6th at the Cleveland National Guard Armory. I believe we're going to have a really good time. But, man, I, I used to love I used to love those shows. Uh, Dusty Rhodes used to come in, bring his – turnbuckle championship wrestling into the armory and you know they would run shows like once a month and yeah man, did you ever go to any of those i never I, I never made it to the the turnbuckle of course you know i live in georgia so just the local stuff around there and uh, i actually never even heard of it until we got to you know till we met and uh i wish i'd known about it. i've definitely been up here uh oh, 
Definitely better watch it for sure. Yeah. Oh man, I I used to love those shows. You know, there was of course, uh, you know, Dusty, and then he would bring in Barry Windham and Lodi and and Scotty Riggs and you know many of the guys, and that was right around the end of WCW, so like O two, early O three time. So you're seeing guys who, you know, you'd been watching on Nitro, you know, yeah. recently, and uh, you know, I mean, it was. It was good stuff. I really enjoyed those shows. And, of course, I mean, the dream, baby, he always brought a crowd. Yeah, I was, uh, man, for some reason I just never heard about it. Or, of course, I wasn't up here at the time, so that's probably why. Uh, I just growing up in Georgia in the Chatsworth area, you know, those little local shows down there. I uh, checked yeah. them out a lot when I could, but... Yeah, I wish I'd I wish I'd been there for some of the uh, turnbuckle wrestling. Yeah, man, Dusty Rhodes, man, you know he's always one of my favorite. Always been one of my favorites too. Yeah. Uh, also, one of my favorite one of my favorite matches um, that I have ever had, still to this day, and I was only about a year in the business. This was at CWF Disturbance Two. This was two thousand four, and it was. A uh, a ladder match for an NWA PWE contract between me and my former tag team partner Matt Jordan, and this was the first ladder match that I'd been in, and uh, me and Matt had one later on, you know, several years later. I think those are only the the two only ones. Nah, no, I've I've had a couple more. Come to think of it, but anyway, this thing. Um, <clears throat> It was great. And I mean, just uh, this is one of those matches. A lot of the matches, you know, that I look back on from early in my career, I look at them and I'm like, Ugh, golly, I want to puke. I'm like, oh, I, I could have done that different. I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this. But this one, um, I wish I had it on tape because this one was this one was not a lot of technical stuff. It was just it was. It was ladder match, and we did some stupid stuff. Of course, me and Matt, uh, we grew up together. You know, we were best friends all through school, and uh, we just had that that common bond that, hey, you know, we're going to go out here. We're going to put a show on. We're going – we're probably going to hurt each other, uh, but, you know, we're going to do it for – to boost our careers and, and for the enjoyment of the fans, and then – you know, we'll we'll come back here to the back and hug yeah. each other and lick our wounds when it's over. And you know, <clears throat> I remember us doing. I remember doing so many what I would consider stupid things now. Right. And I remember losing so much blood in that match that I was almost passing out halfway through it. I hit the center vein in the middle of my head. Uh, when I got busted open and it was shooting out into the front row. <laughs> so <clears throat> that was always a really good memory from uh, CWF's disturbance too. And for me and Matt and our buddy Joey, it was a really, uh, it was kind of a proud moment because CWF was our company and seeing what we were able to do with it was, was really fun. So since we're on wrestling, yeah, I'd like to go back to last week. Uh, y'all mentioned AEW, and uh, Riley mentioned something about there's a lot of blood in the matches they show. You know, it's like every match they do is, uh, man, somebody's bleeding somewhere. But anyway, I, I bring that up because I was watching WrestleMania 13. And I was watching the uh, uh, Bret Hart and uh, Stone Cold. Yeah. Match they had. Oh, man, talking about now that was a good match, you know. The, the build up to it and just uh, that that's I think that's one thing that's you know these matches today a lot of people just bleeding every match you know but that match was the build up to it and the when it showed the blood man it's like these guys are really hurting each other it's not just everyday thing you know they're here right. now but man I really enjoyed that match and I I tell I told you yesterday I've, I've been watching WrestleMania and Clash of the Champions is going back and watching some of the older stuff. Yeah. Uh, but man, it was, it was really good. And 
AEW, I don't really keep up with. I mean, I watch it a little bit. Uh, they do have some decent matches sometimes. Uh, but, I, yeah, all the super kicks, all the flippity flops, as you call them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I, I'm with y'all. I just like the old school wrestling. And some of that stuff's good. I mean, you know, fans are different. They like the newer stuff. I like some of the newer stuff. Uh, but every super kick every five minutes and, you know, just doing crazy stuff that's not necessary. Yeah. Just go back to wrestling. <clears throat> Headlock takeover, baby. <laughs> right. Well, there's a there's a psychology to this stuff. Yeah. And when you do things in the right place, you know, it's it's good. But when, you know, like you're talking about blood or talking about a lot of the high spots that, that guys do today. Listen, you can only do so much. Yeah. Your body is only going to allow you to do yeah. so much. And, you know, you might get paid a pretty penny uh, right now, but break your neck and end your career right. and see how much you're getting paid, you know, in the next couple of years. Yeah. So it's just everything goes back to psychology. Why, and this is something that's missing from a lot of matches today, why are you doing what you're doing and when you're doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I loved ECW. But what a lot of people took from ECW was just the hardcore style, and every ECW match wasn't like that. No, it wasn't. Paul had a, a good enough mind to know that you can't do that, you know, five, six matches in a row. Right. So what did he have? He stacked his cards with there was some hardcore. There was some old school wrestling. There was some Lucha Libre. There was, you know, so there was different styles throughout the card. And when when it's like that instead of every match now you have promotions that are just completely hardcore and that's all they do guys just constantly going out there and staring right. at each other and then picking up a light bulb and hitting each other with it and so and I, I you know maybe maybe some people have grown to like that but i prefer like hardcore and 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 gimmick matches when there is a reason for it when you have when you have worked a storyline and built up to something i don't have a problem with blood i love to well i don't really anymore but i used to love to bleed when it meant something yeah <clears throat> so i am all for building up to a steel cage match and it being full of blood and gore. I'm all for building up to a a bull rope match or a Russian chain match or a, a dog collar match or something like that. But if if you have a show where every single match, everybody's going out there using some kind of weapons, it's some kind of gimmick match, and everybody in every match is bleeding all over each other, then what makes your match any more special than the one before you or after you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy the psychology of it. And just, things like that are just missing a lot of times. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. Just telling the story. You know, I love when two wrestlers are telling a story and they, they build up to this story and it comes, you know, it finally comes to, to a head with each other, wrestling each other. And right. That's the good stuff, man. That's the things that I miss. Uh, not that there's still some that happens today, but you know it's not very often that you see those type of matches. So let me get to your thoughts. You still wrestle uh, independent scenes. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, what's your thoughts on it now? You think I, I, I enjoy some of the independent shows. I mean, you can see some really good wrestlers. Uh, of course, you can tell who's green. Most of the time, and who's, you know, me just being a referee watching the, I watch the referees a lot. So, you know, I'm always trying to 
improve <laughs> my referee skills or whatever. Right. But there there are some really good shows that have really good matches, you know. Uh are in this area. And sometimes I feel like they just throw a show together, just getting guys uh I guess if you're running weekly or bi weekly or whatever, you know. Uh I think we you know, we did a show we we did once a month. So it was kinda it made more sense that way. Mm-hmm. So trying to run, you know, every week. Right. Um, even bi weekly would be good, you know. But once a month it really it worked because you can build stuff, you know. You can like build build the show up for that month and hey, you gotta come back next month and see what happens instead of from week to week, you know. Uh so I just wanna get your thoughts on that and uh man, I really enjoy the I really enjoy the shows though. A lot of the shows have some good wrestlers, good talent. Yeah. There is there is a lot of good talent out there right now. Um, there are a lot of them who are doing, um, you know, great things, getting their names out and and working as hard as they possibly can to get to the next level. And, and that's awesome. Um, you can take talent just in this local area and stack a card that would be now i'm not talking about star power but as far as match quality right yeah i i could take i could take some guys from this area the the cleveland chattanooga north georgia you know roundabout i could you know cherry pick some guys and i would guarantee that match quality we could blow away most of what is on TV. Yeah. You know, that's how much confidence I have in a lot of the the talent that is that is out there today, just in this area. That's not talking about the rest of the world, but I mean, just from what I see in this area, there are there's some really good guys who are really pushing and, and really working hard. And so there's a lot of great talent. Here's the problem that I see with a lot of shows, and especially those who run uh, like on a weekly basis. And this is how it's kind of always been. Um, you see it like a show will start off being really hot and will have, um, you know, it'll stack its first couple of cards and and have like, you know, top uh, top grade talent from the area, and then even some names that people you know would recognize uh, from from TV or whatever. They'll stack the first two or three cards, and then the shows that run weekly, they'll stack their first two or three cards with great talent, and and then. They start running out of money or decide, oh, I'm going to start trying to save money. So they start booking green guys. Yeah. And then booking garbage guys. And there's nothing wrong with booking green guys. Green guys need a place to work to get their reps, to get experience. That's a good thing. But. What you want to try to do as a promoter and as a as a booker is if you're bringing in green guys, you sprinkle them in the card and you work them not against other green guys or against garbage guys. You work them against good, solid talent that can lead them and help them and teach them on the job. So they're getting on the job training in the ring in a live event setting from guys who know how to help them. And the problem that I see a lot of times is these shows to try to save money or whatever, they'll start booking a lot of green guys or a lot of garbage guys. And they, the green guys ain't learning anything because there's no one for them to learn, uh, you know, from because they've got, they've got 
guys who are just as experienced as them. And then you got the, the garbage guys who are the guys who might be, they might've been around 10, 20, 30 years, but they've got a know-it-all attitude and think they, they can't learn anything. So they can't teach these guys anything. So what happens is match quality, star quality, and, and, you know, just wrestling overall show quality begins to decline. And then next thing you know, these shows are sitting here running every week and drawing five, 10 people. Right. And that's, that's what kills towns and that's what kills um, promotions. And, you know, if you're smart with the talent that's in this area, man, you can, you can really put together a good card, but you know, first thing, you don't book ever Tom, Dick, and Harry that walks in the locker room and says, hey, I'm a wrestler. Right. You, know, you, you set a five. I would say I, I usually tried to deal with like a five match card, six at the very most. You set up a five or six match card, and maybe you have – this is where you add some of your extra green guys. You You have a couple of guys – you know, there for standby in case you have cancellations. Right. But you don't just book and pay, you know, 40 guys who show up and say, hey, I want to wrestle this week. <laughs> yeah. that, that, I mean, it, it, it will eventually kill your show. Yeah, we talked about, you know, we've been in the shows where, man, there's, there's like there's 60 people running around in the back. And we're like, are these workers or are these, well, I mean, who are all these people? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And and sadly, and I, I say it, uh, I, I've got to where I guess I'm getting older and my filter is not as good as it was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I, now, if the Holy Spirit stops me, that's one thing. But but there's there's a little bit of a difference in, in a business filter. Yeah. And. Yeah. You know, I try to help people and try to show a lot of compassion and try to, you know, help people to to grow in the business because I love the wrestling business and I want it to prosper. I want guys under, you know, guys younger than me who are coming in to learn and, and grow. I want to pass down the knowledge that was passed down to me. Uh, but walk into, I would say, 50 percent of these locker rooms and you hear the promoters crying about they can't make no money. And I say, well, yeah, you got 15 guys back here that should be buying a ticket. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Yeah, you're right. You know, I've, I've been, I've been around you long enough to know. So when we go to, We've been in places, and I can see the look on your face when we're looking around. Like, all these people, yeah, should be out there buying a ticket. (laughs) I mean, you want to make money, right? We want guys to uh, succeed and uh, learn their craft and make money while they're doing it. But man, you got twenty people in the back who just should be out there sitting buying tickets. You're right. Yeah, Yeah. and that that that's the difference in people who want to better this business mm-hmm. and then people who just want to play wrestler on the weekends, right. you know, they, they want to be able to go to their shoot job on Monday morning and talk about this fantastic match that they had over the weekend in front of, yeah. you know, seven and a half people at this local show. And it's just, you know, I, I the business used to be really, really hard to get into. Yeah. It used to be like this secret society mm-hmm. and you had to earn your way in. And I'm not necessarily condoning going back to, you know, constantly, you know, torturing guys and beating the crap out of them. But I do believe it should be a little harder to get in today than it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how it was when you first started. You know, I only got in, uh, I guess about 10 years now, you know, yeah. through you training me. So 
I heard it was a lot harder back then to and you say, I got a buddy here, you know, he wants to be a wrestler. Okay. Is he any training? No. Oh, I bring him in anyway. But now, you know, it's like, it seems like they do that a lot now. Maybe he's had an hour of training. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I know you still train guys. So I seen how you train them. And man, if they're, when they're ready, you say, hey, all right, I got a guy. He's ready. You need some experience. You know, of course, the more experience you get, the better you're going to get at it, you know. So. Yeah, and and most guys are not going to come out of their basic training and and be the most uh, glorious professional wrestler you've ever met. There are some who pick it up really quick, and they they can just flow. I mean, they just have it from the very time that that they start. And then there are some who. Well, I'll say most who they train, they learn the basics, they've still got some hiccups, but it takes them starting to get out and get booked and working in front of live crowds right? and working different people and working people better than them. That's why I say for these these little shows that book all green guys or all garbage guys, can't nobody learn anything from them because there's nobody to learn from. You got to work people better than you in order to get better. To get better, and, yeah. you know. So that's that's the issue. So most people don't come straight out of their basic training and and are the best thing since sliced bread. Most of them, you know, it takes you know baby steps, routines, and and continuously beating up the roads and trying to get out there and and traveling and working different people. And in some cases, having some sense beat into them and, and learning, you know, different things and, and especially the psychology and, and why you do what you do and why you do it when you do it. Yep. Because uh, I know what you train to me as, you know, as a ref, man, which tearing down rings is part of paying your dues, pal. Tearing exactly. down rings, setting up the ring. And that's that's a lot of work, buddy. <laughs> it is. Some of them rings a lot different than others since we we I found that out, you know. Yeah. But it was good, man. It's, I didn't want to come in just as even as a rev, just well, I know Casey, so I'm on man, I want I want to keep learning. I want to keep because your name's attached to my name. So it was like, who am I trained by? I'm trained by Casey Cage. He, he trained me to be a rev. Right. So I I want to keep getting better. I just want because I mean, like I said, your name's attached to mine. So, uh, but yeah, just tearing down the ring, stuff like that, man. Uh, uh, maybe a lot of guys don't do that anymore. I don't know. No, and that's that's something that a lot of these guys don't don't do. <clears throat> and <clears throat> now, when I very first started, I started at a show that the ring was there. It was right. you know they ran weekly in this building, so they didn't have to set up and tear down. In my first year. I may have set up and tore down their ring. I know there was a couple of times they tweaked it, so they took it down and, you know, put new boards on it or, you know, different stuff. So I helped with that once or twice. Um, But, you know, we would, like, clean in the building, clean up around. And then when I started traveling with Ted Allen, I mean, that was something that I was doing constantly. That's where I started learning how to set up and tear down rings. And I mean, Ted would get me booked on shows. He would get my name out there and and I was, you know, traveling and working pretty much everywhere he was. But in most cases, you know, we're dragging a ring to that town and we're setting that puppy up and we're tearing that puppy down after the show. So you're, you're getting that and you're paying your dues and you're, and, and a lot of guys don't have that. They today, a lot of guys get in the business and they're like, you know, immediately, oh, I'm a superstar, you know, and, and not having to pay dues, not having to earn anything. And that's why they don't respect it like they should. Right. And, you know, guys should know, guys should should respect every single person in a show. That goes from the person who's cleaning the toilets the concession stand workers, the the person working the ticket door, the the referees, 
the camera guys, the ring crew, the guy sweeping the broom or mopping up, you know, spilled junk out in the crowd. Yeah. The the workers, the booker, the promoter, the guys should be taught to respect all aspects because it takes all of us. But a lot of them are not. A lot of them are are babied and they're, oh, look, I'm a superstar. And they ain't, they ain't paid no dues and they don't respect the business like they should. Right. So. All of this. Uh, all of this comes into something you text me today and was talking about remaining teachable. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> this this fits in perfectly because here's the thing. In the wrestling business, you have to remain teachable. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've done it. I don't care what promotions you've worked for. I don't care if you were a headliner at WrestleMania. If you can't still learn something, then it's time to take the boots off and get out. Right. You know, we are always learning. And that goes with every aspect of life. Definitely. Uh, You know, that's wrestling. That's uh, that's being led by Holy Spirit teaching us and yeah. Man, I think I'm learning pretty well, and he's trying to teach me something else. And I'm like, well, I'm not learning that too well. Uh, just for me, the last few weeks, you know, just different things, a lot of things at work, and things like that, man. Just I shared yesterday that, you know, Adina texted me, and she was praying for me, and just praying that I had a blessed day, and uh, that it was a non-stressful day, that my light could shine for to others for Jesus. and. I was just being honest with everybody. Last few weeks, my light ain't been that bright, you know. Just, uh, just different reasons in my in my mind and word and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But man, he's always he's always teaching me. So it's, uh, I had to remind myself, man, he's teaching me something here. Uh, when people people get on my nerves, whatever you want to call it, you know. Uh, I'm speaking about work because I think that's where I usually my stress comes from. Uh, unnecessary stress it, and it's really nobody's fault it's it just i don't know work you know how it goes so uh and let's be honest with you, i can't stand working with lazy people yeah i mean i see people at work uh they walk by with somebody struggling they just walk by and don't want to help them and don't want to do their job and that stuff drives me nuts man yeah and and my flesh just wants to just to just just to get after them and the host person no that's not who you are that's not who you are anymore but i want to be that person. i want to go over and say hey go over and help this guy do your job man whatever but man he just for some reason he just won't he just won't let me do it i always teach him and i think he puts these people in my path just to make sure i, I stay uh teachable i guess uh <laughs> but man it's hard sometimes you know uh that's why i text you that day i know especially after you know, our kingdom family, a lot of us going through things and different things, different stuff after the retreat, especially that we had the experience we had last year. Yeah. Man, God's going to do something amazing this year. Just watching us all, you know, we just need to keep praying for each other and just uh, lift each other up. I shared with you yesterday, man, when when you hurt, I hurt. When right. somebody hurts in my family, I hurt. I feel it. Uh but I also been struggling with things too. So it's like, ah, right, Lord, you're teaching us. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remain teachable. I, I, we preach it a lot, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so well, and that's that's the thing. He will allow us to go through things, mm-hmm. you know, that we preach. Yeah. I mean, we need to experience things, and I mean, of course, you know, with my situation, a little hiccup uh, that you know, has happened over the last few weeks that that has really burdened me down and has has caused me uh, to question my trust, uh, yes. not not in the Lord, but. 
but in some people in my life. And I hate feeling that way. Um, and it's just everything that we go through is meant to be a testimony and it's meant to, to teach us and, and, and help us to persevere and continue uh, moving forward and growing. And I know that deep down and I know that God's got a plan and his plan is perfect. But, you know, sometimes and and here's the thing that that keeps running through my mind that the spirit continues to to speak to me because I've spoken it to so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, The enemy only has as much authority over you as you allow him to have. Yeah. And, you know, with this little situation over the last couple of weeks for me, I'll just be honest with you. I was in a place where. I just wanted to be mad. Just yeah. leave me alone. Let me be angry. Let I, me, you know, yeah. and I, I know, I know what I preach. I know it's the truth. <laughs> I know that I am giving the enemy authority over my thoughts and, and my, my emotions. But right now, doggone it. I just want to be mad for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I've been there, man. I understand. I know exactly where you're coming from. I tell myself, Lord, I just want to be mad for a minute. Just let me be mad for a day or two, whatever, you know, just in my mind. So, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. We, yeah, I know. Well, and especially like like with this, and I, I, I know there is a lesson in it. And I know, even though I feel like in my flesh, I want to say, well, the lesson is, to not trust people, but that's not the lesson. You know, I know there's a lesson in it, but it's just when you open up and you become so vulnerable and you give someone, especially someone really close to you, which people who are not close to me, you know, they don't get my full trust like this. So when you when you open yourself up and you give your full trust to somebody and you feel like you were betrayed, mm-hmm. it just it makes you not want to trust anymore. Yeah. And it has made me want to back off. It has made me want to shut down and it's just a very frustrating situation. Right. And I have been through these almost pretty much the same situations a few times before. And then, you know, kept opening back up and trusting again. Right. And then for it to happen almost the same thing again. It this one, this one is really hurt. It, it, it is in the cases of the other times, it has been like a a frustration, right? You know. But this time, it has hurt me yeah. to the core. I mean, like, I don't use the, the word or phrase brokenhearted. I just don't. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, that's the only word that I know to describe it. Right. Uh, it it's not that I'm just frustrated at somebody for for messing up or, or failing, you know, we can get over screw ups. We can get over failures, but to, to break my trust with a repeat offense, basically. Mm -hmm. And I have put myself back out there and decided to trust again and let the past be the past. And then it happened again and then after a little bit, decide to put myself out there and trust again. Right. And 
and and just open up my whole heart and everything and then to feel betrayed again brokenhearted is the only way that i can right that i can describe it and it is the first time and i'm just being honest it is the first time in a long time that i did not just bounce you know we we talk about um you know, like with lust, to have bouncing eyes. I mean, yeah. we can't leave this world. So the the junk that's in this world, you know, we're going to see from time to time. But, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk and you see this girl with, you know, shorty shorts on, you know, don't stop and stare. You, right. you glance, you see it, have bouncing eyes and and move on. In most cases, with stuff like this or with anything, uh, any kind of hurt or any kind of frustrations or, or, you know, just spiritual lessons, I have been able to just bounce and just know I, the Lord's got this. He's, he's got a lesson in this. He's teaching me something, and I trust him. I'm good. And, you know, after a couple of days, it's over, and I'm done, and, and I, I have learned my lesson, and, and I'm good. But with this one, this has been the first time in a long time that I have not just been able to bounce and yeah. and 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 just let it go and start trusting again. And that that frustrates me for me. And it hurts me for them. You know? Yeah, I understand. Because and I know it's not the case, but I really like there's something in me that's like you can't ever be vulnerable with this person again. You can't ever truly trust this person again. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be like that. Right. Yeah, uh, man. Brother, I've known you for a long time, so this is the first time I've ever seen you. Uh, first time I actually heard you hear this word broken, broken hearted, you know. Uh, and I'll be honest, when you you asked me to pray with you yesterday, man, I was I was like, Lord, I'm not really in a place to pray from pray for him. I can't even pray for myself, right? I've just been in this place, you know. It's like uh, nothing particular. It's just you know things. And but man, I was like, Lord, I'm not really in a, a place like to be praying for my brother who I know is hurting. But man, I just. All right, Lord, I'm just going to pray whatever you lay on my heart, whatever you want me to share. And, uh, man, I just, I was just trying to be real with everybody yesterday. And but when I prayed for you, man, it was real. And I had to push through it for, for me because I was like, man, I'm just not in a place. And I hate being in that place where you can't really pray for anybody. You know? <laughs> It's not that you can't, you just don't feel like you can, you know? Well, and, and the enemy tries to convince you that, you know, you're you're struggling with something right now anyway, so you exactly. can't, your prayers ain't going to be answered. You can't help nobody, you know? Yeah, so I, I was in that place, you know, but man, just, we're going to pray through it, and man, I know what, we trust the Lord, we know that, and we know His plan is perfect, so, and uh, I'm just being real, I hope I wasn't out of line yesterday or anything that I said. Mm-mm. Uh, I've been everywhere, man. I, I love you. I know you're struggling with this. And I know you just want to be mad. I get it. I understand. I maybe sometimes I'm like, Lord, I just want to be mad. Just let me. Yeah, <laughs> you told me, I just want to be mad. Leave me alone. You know, <laughs> let yep. me be mad. I'll get over it. If I get over it, it takes a day to whatever how long it takes. I just want to be mad. Uh, but I hope I wasn't out of line yesterday. Just sharing. I just felt what the the spirit laid on my heart, man. Just because I'm there too, man. Just different yeah. things. Nothing particular, really. I really don't. Sometimes I really don't even know. It's just, you know, I'm sitting and I'm praying and there's a silence and I know you're there, Lord, but it's like, man, I really can't feel it. I just feel numb right now, you know. I know a lot of, a lot of people going through a lot of stuff, so. But it. it Man, that compassion that he's gave me and just and I'll be honest, I told Dan last night, so maybe I'm too compassionate. I don't know. Maybe I have too much compassion. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe 
I don't believe you can have too much. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Uh, things like that, you know, that I deal with. So, um, you know, we talk about all the time. We guys are supposed to be tough. We ain't supposed to show emotion. Hey, I'm a I'm an emotional guy, man. That's yeah. what to me, and that's that's my worship. I mean, I can't. That's me worshiping the Lord. Uh, and that's crazy. I, I was I was told of uh, somebody recently, and and sad to say, I heard that they were once a pastor, uh, but they were talking about how you know real men don't cry, real men are tough, they don't show their emotions, and blah blah blah. And I said, you know, it's sad, but. Uh, that right there, statements like that is proof that that person has never truly known Jesus. No. Because you get rid of all that tough guy garbage whenever you have truly surrendered to Jesus. Exactly. So, man, just uh, we're going to pray through this, man. Um, We mentioned the youth retreat, and I'm excited for that coming up in August. Man, the Lord's really going to uh, I know we're full. We got some people on the waiting list. Uh, man, it's going to be good. Uh, the Lord just, we just going to trust the Lord and let him do his thing, man. I'm telling you, I am looking forward to that. Uh, let me go ahead and throw it out there while we're talking about it. Remnant Youth Retreat, uh, the second annual, is going to be at Okoy Ridge Camp in Old Fort, Tennessee. Um it is the first weekend of August. That's the 4th through the 6th, right? Yes. And, uh, yes, we have met our limit on uh, on youth that we're taking in. But um, just in case some have to uh, pull out, you know, schedules between now and then might get tight. So just in case, we are making a waiting list. Uh, so if you would like to have your child, uh, we're saying ages 12 and up, um, at the Remnant Youth Retreat this year, then uh, please email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. We'll get them on the waiting list, and uh, if somebody pulls out, they will be the first one uh, to to go into that spot, and we'll notify you and let you know. Um, but, man, we, we did. We had a great time last year, and – you know, you mentioned it, and and we all know that that in in different ways uh, there have been attacks from the enemy yeah. all year in different times and yeah. different ways for for each of us, and um, and that's just you know he's trying to discourage, but he don't have that kind of authority and I am, I'm looking forward to the remnant youth retreat. And, you know, maybe the thing that I'm going through right now is, is a special thing that the Lord is setting me up, you know, so that I can share it at the retreat, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you never know. He works things like that. That's the thing. That's, that's the thing that, uh, that people who don't know the Lord don't understand. Yes, uh, we have normal, you know, just because we're born again don't mean that we can't go through times of having normal uh, human emotions. Uh, It don't mean that we can't get in the flesh. Um, But when you're hanging on to Jesus, you know that no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how dark it looks, he's got you. And yes. there's a there's a reason for the storm that you're going through, and he is is using it to make you stronger, to make you lean on him more, and and to chip away at those old things of your old identity, right. and draw you closer into your identity in Christ. That's it. Uh, I do want to say about the retreat and if. Uh... Anybody feels led to donate anything, uh, I guess we food, water, whatever, uh, just get, uh, you can email us. Uh, man, if the Lord just put something on your heart, you want to share, uh, you want to give, well, I know we'd, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, 
the Lord's providing though. And uh man, I'm excited, man. Uh really excited about this. Yeah, me too. While you're talking about that, uh, I have been meaning to start uh, talking about this and putting these links out there. Um, But if people feel led to give financially toward the the Remnant Youth Retreat, uh, we have Cash App. uh, That is dollar sign C Stanfield Ministries. Uh, And then the uh, we have a Venmo and that is at see stanfield ministries um that is all you know the kingdom family gathering um uh, ministry uh links so you know if you feel led to give you know you can feel free to do so on those um we've got other options too but i don't have them right in front of me so i don't want to misquote uh anything so but uh yeah really looking forward to this i know the lord's going to do great things we had an awesome move of the spirit last year and i know he's going to do it again so oh, good stuff today you got like anything stuff, else man. we talked about wrestling talked about jesus man we're just man god's good brother we're just we're going to pray through all this and just pre- keep pressing in pressing on man just trust the lord amen father loves us man that's right that's right. And uh, one more time, uh, just in case our technical difficulties have uh, cut out, um, yes. <laughs> wrestling returns to the Cleveland, Tennessee National Guard Armory Saturday, May 6th. Uh, doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time is 7 p.m. Cole Gordy Promotions presents Chasing the Dream. Myself, Buff Bagwell, David Young, Tank and the Rev, Cousin Cletus, Cyrus the Destroyer, Jaden Newman, and so many more. Uh, If you're in that area, be sure to come and join us. I believe it's going to be a great night of wrestling action. And if anyone out there has any questions, thoughts, comments, praise reports, or prayer requests, feel free to email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. Anything else? I'm good, brother. All right. For the coach, I'm Casey. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. See ya. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at RealCaseyCage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.